Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's Totem Talks. I'm Mark Smith. I'm Helen Fruin. We are the steerers of the good vessel Totem, and today we are going to be talking about making the most of something, and in particular, coaching. Mm. So one of the aspects of our business is coaching other people, various different levels across various different subjects and things, which is always interesting because every case is an individual thing and it's it's fascinating. But there are some tips that we would like to share with people who are being coached, who are considering either being coached or want to be a coach. And I've completely modeled that up, but you know what I mean, right? So, Well, certainly because if you are wanting to be a coach, it is helpful for you to know how to help your coachees get the most out of coaching. And if you're considering being coached and, and getting yourself a coach, then it's also useful for you to know how to get the most out of coaching. Absolutely. Uh, we're not going to talk specifically about how to become a coach mm. um, because there are so many routes into this industry. It's actually mind-boggling and a little bit frustrating if you ask me. But there are some best practice sort of tips that we can share. And I'm going to let you start because you are the senior coach out of the <laughs> two of us. I'm just a low-level minion. <laughs> Does that just mean I have more grey hair? I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, all, all your conversations, usually whenever you sort of come out of your sessions, I'm like, what was that about? But yeah, so yeah. First off, first tip, if you are going into a coaching session, perhaps you're new to coaching, you're thinking, oh, I've, I've got this coach, I'm not really sure what I need to get out of the coaching session. The first tip is to be prepared, as in think about what you want from it. Mm -hmm. The whole idea of coaching is that it gives you space to think something through, gives you a sounding board. Depending on your coach, I mean, certainly our style of coaching is about halfway between coaching and mentoring. Mm -hmm. And so being prepared means going in knowing what you want from that time. Uh, so just to clarify, what I mean by being halfway between coaching and mentoring is that coaching, pure coaching is about asking questions and listening, completely non-directive. What, what do you want to talk about today, Mark? What, what's important for you about that? What could that look like for you? What would success look like? How do you think you can get there? It's all about just giving you space to think. That's pure coaching. Mm -hmm. Pure mentoring or teaching or advising is telling someone what to do. Oh, you're, you're trying to become a CEO. Well, let me tell you how you can become a CEO. Our work tends to vary between those two and, and appear somewhere in the middle where it's a lot about giving someone the space to think and providing them with ideas, tips, tools, even models and frameworks that help them think. And so it's worth you knowing what kind of coaching session you're going in for, because if it's going to be that pure coaching, you're going to be doing a lot of thinking. And so it's useful for you to be prepared for that. Uh, so it could be worth you having a conversation with your coach to understand what style of coaching. Well, on, honestly, do. I'd be surprised if people haven't had a chemistry session with their coach beforehand. So right. this is the idea that you and your coach just spend a little bit of time, maybe 15, 20 minutes, just getting to know each other and figuring out actually are you able to establish some kind of rapport relatively quickly mm. because that's really the key uh, to those first few sessions in, in, in coaching is to, to build trust so that you can begin to share and begin to be challenged as well. Mm. So I'd be surprised if people weren't aware of what their coach is going to be like. Um, if you are having coaches thrust upon you, 
Um, it's it's a, certainly a legitimate question you should be asking of yeah. whoever has thrust that coach upon you. Uh, so that's that's definitely something to look out for. And uh, I suppose within that, so yes, most coaches, ideally all coaches will offer that chemistry meeting up front. But in that chemistry meeting, they may not talk about their style of coaching. So it mm. could be a good question for you to ask as the coachee to say, you know, what's this going to be like? Is it more advising? You know, would I really call you more of a mentor than a coach? Mm -hmm. uh, so useful to ask that question. And then, so when I talk about being prepared, it's really thinking, well, why do I even have a coach? And what is it I'm wanting to improve right now that I want to take to this specific coaching meeting? Mm -hmm. So I'll often have people come into a coaching meeting and say, I just want to be a better manager or I want to be more confident. And that's very vague. And so there's something about being more specific about what do you want from that coaching session. And of course, I, on many occasions, your coach can help you clarify what you want. But the more prep you can do to really understand what do you want to gain from this, the more you will gain from it. Correct. And one question I do have for you, I think specifically is, I think in the, in the business world, we, we call it coaching. In the medical world, we would call it psychotherapy. And for me, sometimes, certainly our flavor of coaching can often begin to reveal issues with home life or issues in childhood. And at that point, I certainly am getting a little bit, because I'm, I'm, not, I'm not qualified to go there, really. So it's at that point I start to think, well, ooh, am, am, I, am I actually, ethically, am I allowed to be in this space mm. with this person? But clearly, these are important things that this person needs to talk about and could actually be the key to unlocking any other issues that they may have. So, mm. you know, speaking up or, or standing and speaking confidently could actually have links to a number of other areas in their life. Mm. How do you handle that moment when you get there in a coaching session? Mm. Yeah, it's uh, and even broader than psychotherapy. Let, let's talk about coaching versus counselling. So coaching is a, a business activity to help you move in a certain direction, help you move forward on your goals. Counselling or psychotherapy is about helping you deal with personal challenges, mental health issues, uh, things that you need to deal with in your past, specifically psychotherapy. And so recognising when you're moving into that space, the key thing is just to call it out and say, you know, this is now moving into the realm of mental health challenges, areas where a counsellor might be useful, and then signposting. So where can that person go and find extra support as they need it? And I've had a number of coaching clients who are seeing me as their coach, and they're having counselling to work through depression or anxiety. And of course, then the two come together beautifully, because I have people saying to me, oh, my counsellor has been talking to me about this or, oh, I, I revealed with my counsellor recently that this has been my issue. How do I now use that in my work to be more effective? So then, of course, the two can be greatly complementary. Absolutely. I think where to try and pull this back on topic for the coachee, um, I think it's, it's worth being aware that in your conversations with a coach, you may end up in this space mm. and it may end up um, that you, you are recommended to see a counsellor. Mm -hmm. Don't 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 dismiss that, that that could actually happen yeah. to you. And we would encourage that if that is what your coach recommends and if it's what you feel you need to do. Mm. Um, I think the, the powerful thing with, with coaching is that for a lot of people, it's the first time that they're being listened to properly, uh, which is a really sad thing to say. But 
to have somebody's attention for a full hour or an hour and a half or however long it is once or twice a week um, can be quite a profound thing mm. and at first you'll probably find yourselves not being able to speak properly at all you'll just be like oh I don't know what to say by by session three oh you'll not stop talking I can guarantee that um, and it's really interesting to see people's immediate journeys in a coaching relationship um, but also to then see well well clearly you're not having this kind of conversation anywhere else in your life mm. and it's at that moment people start to to sort of unpick things that may have uh, happened in their lives that are contributing to the reason that they're having the coaching session. So that's why I kind of mentioned that, I guess. Um, one thing I would like to bring up uh, is to put distinct time limits on the relationship with your coach. If you find yourself having, I'm going to say six sessions or more with the same coach, on the same topic either that coach is not very good or you are not willing to do mm -hmm. what that coach is suggesting that you need to do and it becomes very quickly a binary problem either you do what you're being told to do or you just move on and find a different coach yeah one of the two because it's, it's becoming a waste of your time frankly it's becoming a waste of somebody's money somewhere mm. and you, we need progress I think that's that's the the key with coaching relationships is, is you have to make progress. If you think about a coaching relationship in a sports environment mm. and you're not making progress with that coach, you're just going to move on. Well, the other thing is that you create a dependency. So mm. uh, a sports athlete will generally always have a coach and, and they might get different coaches over the years to help them with specific areas. Uh, same in business, you might want a different coach or mentor to help you in certain areas. But the idea that you create a dependency, you know, in some areas of life, like working with a personal trainer, for example, for your physical health, you might say, you know, it's good to work with them for all of life. Whereas working with a coach, there's really an ethical piece about not creating that dependency mm -hmm. and making sure that the coachee is building up their own skills to go and make the most of life on their own, mm -hmm. uh, as opposed to always needing that coaching session to continue. It's, it's just not right. I'm just thinking about that. Is that true? Actually, let me let me just wax lyrical, mm. listeners. Whilst we're whilst we're here, is that true? So if if uh, I had the medical issue, mm. um, and I had to see a doctor on a regular basis, mm. would that be a bad thing? Is that a dependency? So the the question would be: Are you not able? It's much better for you as a human being to feel independent, in control, able to look after yourself. If you have a medical condition where you need to keep going back for treatment, there would be a question about: Is there not some version of this where you can look after your own body? Mm. Now, of course, for certain medical conditions, of course, you need to keep going back for treatment. But with coaching, you know, coaching unlike counseling or psychotherapy where it is often a very long-term conversation that you're having business coaching life coaching is meant to have a certain kind of here's my goal i'm working towards that goal have i made progress so to your point if you've gone past six sessions on that mm -hmm. unless you've got a totally different goal because that, that would make some sense, right? So if you've had six sessions on, let's say, becoming more confident, I want to be a more confident public speaker. I've had six sessions. I've achieved that. I've made significant progress. Fantastic. Oh, now I've been promoted to director of the department. 
that's a whole new ball game. How do I prepare myself to be a director? How do I prepare myself to step up in my people management? This now feels like a whole new thing. Maybe I need a different coach or mentor to help me with that. Or maybe I want to go back to the same coach to discuss something very different. Um, but I would still be very wary if, and then there was another thing, and then there was another thing, and you're now up to three years of a coaching relationship. And actually, does this just mean that you're missing out on the opportunity to be independent and support yourself through these challenges? So I think it's an interesting one because all of the coaching ethics talk about not creating a dependency, but I can see where you're coming from in saying, actually, maybe what's the harm in that? Yeah, and I think pre-COVID, I was definitely in the, we need to we need to establish our own independence in terms of um, learning agility. So, you know, so you go to a coach for one thing, the, the better coaches will be able to show you how to apply a learning piece yes. from one situation to another because you know that's a good coach and i i would have i would have been there six mm. months ago but i think covid has really and what, what we've had to go through in lockdown and experiencing not being able to depend on people mm. has really kind of it's not spooked me i would say but I, i've i've noticed how much i enjoy people depending on me and i enjoy depending on other people i enjoy those relationships i'm i'm an introvert I really don't like people. So uh, for me, I'm, I'm like, wow, okay, so how, what is wrong with dependency mm. on interactions with other people? If you're in a position where your company or you are able to afford to have um, coaching and counselling relationships, mm. they're good things. Like you say, an athlete will always have a coach. Yeah. Why? So what's wrong with it? Why, why wouldn't we? And I think, um, I think interestingly... Uh, I have a I have a, a a friend who is also a Star Trek nut, <laughs> um, and in Star Trek they often do uh, daily logs, mm. so that, you know they record their thoughts and their actions and deeds from the day, which is historically always been a very powerful way of of being able to reflect back on different things, um, and it's the same you know we've always talked about actually that's a really powerful thing. Why don't we? as a society commit we know it's mm. important why don't we commit to doing these things why don't we commit to having as many counselors within the community as there are doctors or nurses mm. um these are useful tools mm. for 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 managing the human condition um so yeah I, obviously i'm clearly in a state of flux with this conversation <laughs> so sorry about that everybody i was hoping to have more concrete <laughs> concrete answers well even from an ethical standpoint commercially speaking right so if i set out to charge you money mm. and you always have to pay me that money because once you start getting what i can offer you know you're not going to want to stop and i keep charging you money and i've got you on a lifetime contract that just commercially feels unethical. That's true. You were a drug dealer at that point. Right. Of, yeah. of a sort. So yeah. yeah. Okay, fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Other tips on how to get the most out of coaching, and this is something I hear you speak about a lot, mm -hmm. is you've got to believe that the coaching can help and you've got to put the time and effort into making it work for you, which kind of comes back to your previous point of, if you have got past six coaching sessions and had no progress, either your coach is no good or you're not doing what you should be doing. Yeah, it's the biggest bugbear of me. For me, um, the, I can't remember his name, it'll come to me. I'll put a link in the description below, but whoever invented the behavioral therapy side mm. of cognitive, 
cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT, he was notorious for having the shortest, the sharpest, and the most effective coaching relationships with his clients because he would say, there's the behavior that is the issue. This is what you need to do to stop it. Do it or don't come back. And anybody who went back had done what we were supposed to do and they were now moving on to the next thing. Um, It was only when he introduced the, and what do you think about that Mm -hmm. element to behavioral therapy that he actually left the organization because he was like, no, that's nonsense. So I I find that really interesting. And with some of my coaching clients, um, I can see when they're purposefully getting stuck in, I, I, I like to call it the square, the square of thinking. So you've got maybe three or four suggestions. Do this. Oh, the consequences that. Okay, so do that. Oh, the consequences over there. Oh, do that. And then all of a sudden you're coming back into a loop and you think, well, at some point you either need to make a decision or you just need to accept this is where you're going to be for the rest of your life. And for me, that's where I'm going to end the coaching relationship. Um, because, like you say, ethically, I can't continue to. I mean, I would love to continue to charge people money for that ridiculous conversation, but I'm not going to. But you wouldn't. This I is wouldn't. the thing. This is, yeah. So we have ended coaching contracts because the coachee is not doing anything. Mm. So we could have just kept taking their money and we say, oh yeah, I'd love to keep taking money for not doing anything. No, we wouldn't because it's a waste of our time. It's frustrating. So I had the same coaching client come to me three times in a row and say, oh yeah, I didn't do anything with what we discussed last time. I haven't had time. Life's been difficult. Ended the coaching contract because it's wasting his time. It's wasting the company's money. It's wasting my time. Yeah, it's true. We are we are that harsh actually, and it's not harsh. It's it's helpful. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean you're right in terms of when you as an individual go to a coach uh, or, or to a session, you, you have to accept that a you're going to explore some weird stuff, and b um, there are going to be actions for you. You have to take a mentality into that session that allows you to hear something new, mm. or allows you to come away and go. I'm going to do this. Mm. If you go into that session thinking, oh, this is probably not going to be any good. They're probably not qualified. Or, you know, I I was hoping to go and get a coach over at this institute because, you know, they're renowned for this. I guarantee you the coaches are going to be saying something similar. It's it's you and your mindset that is different whenever you go to these different places. So you you need to approach these sessions uh, with with an open mind Mm. and a a willingness to, to move to action. And I think that highlights as well one of the issues I see come up a lot in coaching sessions where we go into a coaching session wanting to blame other people. Mm. So, you know, my boss is doing this. My life is really difficult because of this. My company is doing this. And so because I want to moan about the difficult situation I'm in, I don't really acknowledge or recognize as a coachee that, well, what, what am I in control of? What can I change? Mm-hmm. And so your coach will naturally challenge you in that. Okay, these are the things that you're unhappy with. What can you control? And if you can't change the situation, if you can't influence the situation, how do you change your thinking about it? And that can be a rather painful truth mm. for people. So perhaps there's that acknowledgement as well as a coachee that we may face some painful truths. Yeah. But so we, grow through, we, we grow through pain, so... There we go. Um yeah there we go that's coaching i think the next episode 
we're going to cover something slightly different. I do like this "Make the Most of" series. Actually, I, I've 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 just had that thought. So if if this one is kind of a "Make the Most of Coaching," perhaps we could do "Make the Most of Learning." Also, I don't know if anyone's got any feedback. Let us know. I imagine the "Make the Most of Learning" session would be pretty much the same points, but it would be fascinating to see. Yeah. Well, let's see. Let's see. Let's, let's see. experiment. That's it for today, ladies and gentlemen, and for everyone who identifies otherwise. Um, today uh, is, what day is it today? The 1st of October. The 1st of October, which means that there's a new calendar for Action for Happiness. It is Optimistic October. Optimistic October. Oh, I'm so glad you actually looked that up before I said that out loud. Um, so please, Action for Happiness, go and have a look. Optimistic October. And um, we will see you next week.